0: Hello, everybody. My name is Dustin Pischel, and in today's episode of The Chatting Comedian, I chat with Kathy Ladman. Kathy is a stand-up comedian, TV writer, and actress. As an actress, Kathy has appeared on TV shows such as Modern Family, Everybody Loves Raymond, Mad Men, How to Get Away with Murder, NCIS, Los Angeles, Roseanne, Just Shoot Me and Kathy has made reoccurrence appearances on hit TV shows such as Kirby Enthusiasm, Caroline in the City, Pretty Little Liars, Dr. Kat's Professional Therapist, among many other TV shows. Kathy has appeared as a guest-slash-comedian on The Tonight Show nine times, The Late Late Show six times, and on Politically Incorrect countless times. Kathy also has an HBO one-night stand's stand-up co- comedy special please welcome the amazing comedy legend kathy latman wow what an introduction that yeah. was so um i start off every episode by asking the comedian what's the worst heckler you have ever had
1: oh god um hmm. that's really hard um i don't i i think, oh i mean some uh something that that comes to mind is um somebody shouted out a racial epithet at me
0: wow uh
1: yeah me being jewish he he, he called out kike which is
0: yeah. something
1: that i never would have expected to hear and it was it was uh it was pretty awful. It was pretty mm-hmm. awful I, wa- I wasn't um I w- it was kind of early on in my career, mm-hmm. and I really wasn't prepared for it and when then what happened was i, I put I had put my tape recorder of, along along the wall towards the towards the uh middle of the room and when i went, when I got off stage and went to collect um, my tape recorder, it was gone oh. Yeah, well. it was a really creepy night. Yeah. It really was. There's no funny story there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I remember, like, when I was performing a few months ago, this was, like, it was, like, deep into the pandemic. Like, well, I shouldn't say, like, it was deep back then, but compared to, like, like, after the Omicron stuff isn't that bad. But... Yeah i remember there was this guy so i did a joke about how i have autism and the next guy in the set i don't know i i don't think he was joking because of his mannerisms but he Mm -hmm. said stupid autistic kid
1: oh god
0: yeah and i can't believe it yeah it was sort of like i didn't really think i don't even know why i like i remember him saying it but i didn't even like register at the time Mm -hmm. like it just took me a second i was like wait what But I don't know why, like, when, like, it doesn't offend me, like, when, like, I'm on stage and someone says something, though, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, I just, like, I don't know if it's because I feel like it's my moment or what.
1: Well, how did the audience respond when that person said that? I,
0: like, I think everyone thought it was a joke or something. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. So they weren't they 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 weren't offended by it they, they yeah. just thought it was it was somebody he yeah was, he was joking but you could tell that this person was yeah. not joking yeah i mean some people just need to need bad need attention even if it's <laughs> negative attention
0: yeah looking back i don't know why i sort of find it funny but uh oh well, that's good yeah <laughs> so how did you get started in stand-up comedy
1: well um used to listen to comedy albums a lot when i was a kid my parents had a, a handful of comedy albums and i listened to this one that i doubt you'll know it was called Nichols and may examine doctors have you ever heard of Nichols and may no uh, you should look it up i think okay. you really like it. they were a comedy team mike Nichols and elaine may mike Nichols went on to for uh, to become a brilliant uh film director and and stage director too and Elaine may also had a had a career in, in on stage and tv but they were they were a team in the 60s and i memorized this whole album and i want i decided that i wanted to become a comedian when i was 13 i decided that that's what i wanted to do yeah how old are you dustin
0: um i'm actually 13
1: Oh, wow. Look at that. And how long have you been doing stand-up?
0: I think 18 months. Wow.
1: Yeah. Good for you.
0: Thanks. That's I amazing. Yeah, I thought I was going to know the album, because, like, I know some of, like, I don't really listen to a lot of them, but I do know of, like, some of the older albums and stuff like right. that. Like, there was but this... But this was
1: not stand-up. Oh. Uh, this, was, this was improv sketch comedy. Yeah. And, um they were just brilliant they were absolutely brilliant they were smart you know they they played to the top of the room really uh really just classy and classic stuff
0: yeah were they like
1: that 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 was my first inspiration
0: yeah were they like the what time frame was it it was in the 60s okay yeah 1960s Mm -hmm. because like i know like Cause by the name of the group, I thought it was like this nineteen twenties then, but no, I like. No, I'm not yeah. that old. <laughs> oh, I you. thought that it was like when I I know you're not that old, but like sort of <laughs> when I listen to a comedy that's like forty years older than me, I thought it was something like that.
1: Ah, I see. I yeah. see. But they, they, they were, uh, they were so wildly popular back then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they used to do. I mean. They used to do the Ed Sullivan show back then, and, and they were on the radio a lot. Um, um, and then certainly, and then of course in nightclubs yeah. and theaters, they used to appear a lot.
0: Yeah. So you, so you were. what was your experience being a writer for, for Roseanne? Oh, um,
1: well, it was a mixed bag. I mean, it was, um, it was my first writing job on tv and i was recommended by a friend of mine who was writing on the show lois bromfield and um there were some other women on the show that i knew uh that i had worked with at uh, the comedy store and other men too that i knew but mostly there were there were these women that i knew from the comedy store and carrie snow was there and um um and that's where I had met Roseanne in 1985, so I was writing on her show in 1995, and it was, you know, Roseanne was not an easy person to work with, and it was a hard show. It was an it was an expensive show to run. They had a lot of money to spend, so they had a huge, huge roster of writers. They're, the season started out with 27 writers, which was really uncommon. I mean, most shows have on average of ten ten to twelve writers this is twenty seven writers and she was notorious for firing people, so it was you know whittled down a bit at the beginning of the season and um what was what was great is that I really had i had some terrific i got some great experience working with other people, which was fun because as a stand up comic, you mostly work by yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you get together with friends and write, which which sometimes I did, but it's mostly a very solitary venture. Um, writing on a show is, um, you get that camaraderie that you don't have as a stand-up, and I really like that. Uh, the hours were difficult, and um, some of the personalities were difficult, but I would say for the most part, it was a great education.
0: Yeah, I remember... I don't know that much about Roseanne, but, like, I've seen, like, a, like, I've, like, heard a lot of it in the background, like, when I went to my grandma's house and, like, her commentary on it, like, I hear that, like, it was sort of, well, it's from my grandma's, um, standpoint, so, like, right. she was, like, she, like, swears a lot, I don't know if she actually did or if that was just my grandma's standpoint, but. Um,
1: she did, she did yeah. as, you know, obviously not on her show but she 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 could be pretty coarse Mm -hmm. yeah she could be pretty coarse sometimes not not um um not the classiest person i've ever met but also a kind of tortured person i think in some
0: ways because like i think like wasn't she like she i what i know is that like she went from quickly being a housewife like back when a lot of women were then to being a stand-up comedian then she started performing at night so her husband had to watch the kids and then to yeah. having her own tv show yes i mean she had a pretty meteoric rise i
1: remember going to see her first tonight show with another colleague of ours uh from the comedy store karen Haver, and we went we went we were sat we sat in the audience and we brought her flowers and um she was really nervous that first night, she did a great and amazing set. If you've, ever, if you've never looked it up, you should look up Roseanne's first Tonight Show set. And then she spins on her heel and disappears behind the curtain. She did not want to have anything to do with anybody else anymore. She just wanted to get that set over with and disappear. And that really started her, her rise to fame, that, that one appearance.
0: Yeah, like, a lot of times, like, back, that was, like, people don't really watch, like, as many, uh, like, late shows anymore. I think mostly because right. there's a bunch of other stuff to watch and just, there's so many now. But also, I just don't think there's popular in some of the shows. I mean, that's funny. Like, a lot of the right. shows, like, they try to act, like, classy. And sometimes then they, like, do a joke about, like, an Amazon Alexa or something like that like mm-hmm. so it's sort of like you like they don't really they have like no target audience uh basically a lot of times mm-hmm. now yes but like back like when johnny Carson was around like he averaged like i think 26 million viewers per episode oh, so yeah
1: i mean it was such a different landscape then because there wasn't all the competition i mean cable wasn't what it is now <laughs> Um, it's so distracting now. There's so many shows that we're all recording and streaming, and and uh, you know we have uh, we have so much to watch on TV that uh, you know the market share is so tiny. But back then it was, you know, I mean, I, I mean when I did the Tonight Show, I mean obviously cable was around, but um, I mean I, I remember when when I used to watch the Tonight Show as a kid back when it was a ninety a ninety minute broadcast. I mean he was it. He was he was the king.
0: Yeah. I like like a lot of times like sometimes you see uh, like people like will perform on the like the show now, like maybe Jimmy Fallon or something like that. And like a lot of times like most of the people were like they they still like they don't like have any vice of fame or anything sorry excuse me but there's still like a lot of times they still work like day jobs and stuff like Mm -hmm. that Mhm. it's true yeah very true very true yeah so you so you did a lot of acting and writing so what are some of your wildest on set stories
1: um hmm well, one film that I did with Mike Nichols, I got to work with him later in life, which was pretty surreal. And I worked on this film, Charlie Wilson's War. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this scene and he leaves, I'm sitting outside of this office at a desk and he leaves um, the office and he picks up something heavy, a blunt object from a cart and he bangs it against a, gl- a plate glass window And breaks the whole window and and what what the way they did it (laughs) excuse me is they had some some minor explosives that would that would shatter the window so I remember at one point being I I ducked down to cover my head from the glass shattering but I had a lot of glass around me and they told me not to move and they had to, like, clean up around me and see if there was any glass in my hair. And it was, that was really crazy. It was mm-hmm. really crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, like... Yeah, like, a lot of times, like, I, like... I don't know why, but sometimes, like, they still, like, use, like, stuff like that on, like, sets nowadays. Like, the Alec Baldwin situation, like... oh Like, they, they would just, like, use... Like, why can't you use... A fake gun it's cheaper like also like because like every time like because like sometimes people might put something in there the actor might like it's real, but it happens like like on a major film probably right once every 20 years or so 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 yeah. like they could i mean that was
1: yeah that was hard that was horrible <clears throat> that was tragic that <clears throat> was just tragic um and um I mean I guess they're always going for um, authenticity which is why on on the film that that I was in I mean they they had to have the glass shatter on on screen on camera Um, so but then what I later heard was that there was some problem with explosives on that set and somebody really got hurt
0: yeah so
1: i mean risks are taken risks are definitely taken on set and what are you drinking there
0: oh i'm drinking a dr pepper because oh, that, yeah that looks
1: like a giant can to oh things. no
0: it's like it's about like this size <laughs> it's
1: regular but it's in yeah. the foreground so the closer it is yeah. to the camera the bigger it looks I us- anyway
0: yeah i usually don't drink soda this late but i need to do it for the podcast
1: oh okay all right yeah to get your get some energy yeah. Um, so, um, I'm trying to think of what other stuff happened on set. Uh, that was some wild stories. I'm going through the Rolodex in my head. Um, I'm on a blank here. I was on, you know, I was on Weird Al Yankovic's show. Yeah. And, um, He's great. He's he sends me a Christmas card and a birthday card every year. He's such a great guy, and and I had to be spinning this wheel like I was on Wheel of Fortune, and um, and then and they had and it was just crazy. My, my makeup was and they would cut and my makeup was dripping and I was sweating and it was just it was really fun and crazy. Yeah. And um, I actually, you know, I actually, Dustin, I was on Wheel of Fortune actually as a contestant. Yeah.
0: Well, I
1: remember...
0: 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, noticed, like, a lot of, like... I remember I heard, like, speaking of, like, <laughs> hair stuff, like, on, uh, like, Game of Thrones, what happened was, like, they wanted to, like, make the hair look VO for the time frame. Mm-hmm. So, I like, so one person, it was this actress, and she, d- like, she wouldn't shower for like three months so the hair looked more realistic
1: oh my god it's like nasty like that is really
0: nasty well
1: maybe she maybe she showered but she
0: didn't wash her hair for three yeah but still disgusting like Like, can't you wear a wig yeah like and then like it took them like three months to get a wig but like even back like like i know like they didn't have amazon or something i would drive out to a store and like get a wig like because i'm not going to do that to my hair Oh, my God, that's horrible. I can't yeah. even imagine living with yourself like yeah. that. I heard, like, the set, like, smelled awful and that, like, sometimes, like, the, like, the fake, um, snow would get stuck in her hair because she hasn't oh. showered it. Just,
1: oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's Couldn't so gross. That.
0: It makes my skin crawl. So. Yeah. So, can you tell us about your first TV appearance? Um... First, well,
1: I I mean, my first, I mean, I did like a very, you know, local TV show, but I'm going to count as my first TV appearance would be um, the very last Dick Cavett show that was on ABC late night. And at that point, you know, the show was canceled. (laughs) Excuse me. They... I need to get some water. I'll be oh, right okay. back. I'll be right back.
0: No problem. I should
1: have been prepared.
0: It's fine. Yeah.
1: And I did a set and I it was thrilling. It was so thrilling and I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I mean, not I was way more nervous when I did my first tonight show.
0: Yeah.
1: That was really crazy. But um it was great. I mean, the the the, the Cavett Show went great, and it was great practice for me uh, as I moved along to do more and more shows.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, something about, like, like, performing on those shows, like, I've been on local TV a few times, and, like, this website, but, like, I couldn't imagine, like, like, how, like, nervous you must be, like, go on a show that, like, a lot of times, like, receives uh, i don't know how many the views the dick Havitt show got but like a lot of times like they get like like something like that might get hundreds of thousands live views and like the tonight show millions so no
1: Mill, oh absolutely yeah. millions
0: and that's so and nervous. that
1: first and actually the second tonight show i was more nervous than the first one and it was because the first one had gone so well that I, being as inexperienced as I was, assumed that the second one would go even better. And I had this incredible expectation and I didn't realize that I was gonna walk out there with this level of familiarity. And it just, there's nothing that can compare to your first time of anything. You It's just not going to because it's not the first. So yeah. when I went out there, I just, I was having like this out of body experience and I thought I had done so poorly and then I watched it, and it looked great. But yeah. my my experience was really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Really uncomfortable. It it's was really weird. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. Like, sometimes, like, when you're doing a set, and sometimes, like, I feel like each comedian has, like, different, like, things of, like, what's bombing. Like, every now and then, like, I have a set, and, like, I think it bombs, but then, like, I talked to my parents about it afterwards, and they were like, oh, honey, you did great. You got so many laughs. And I was like... Yeah, do you,
1: well, do you listen to the tape?
0: Uh, Yeah, I do, and then I realized, like, right. sometimes it's so hard we, to hear because, like, my phone has a low volume, uh, right. but, yeah, I do get a lot of laughs.
1: Well, so what do you think that is? What do you think that is that we, we are so hard on ourselves?
0: I think it's because, like, you don't, like, you're so, like, sometimes, like, every now and then, like, it's just an odd environment, so, like, you don't feel like you're in the set when you're supposed to be, you're sort of supposed to be, it's supposed to be a conversation, like, it's supposed to be, like, like, you're in the same room as the audience, and sometimes, like, it's just, like, you just, like, are so nervous, it's a joke you haven't done before, so you're so you're not really paying attention on the laughs.
1: Uh-huh. It's true. It's true. And and you know, I find that sometimes when I'm when I'm watching myself, when I'm out of my body and observing myself, that's when I'm having the the no fun. Mm-hmm. The best the best fun I can have is when I am completely present and I'm just doing what I do and um and not judging myself. Mm-hmm. That's when it's the most fun
0: yeah so um so you've been on the road a lot so what are some of your craziest stories from being on the road
1: oh my god I don't have that many crazy stories from the road I mean I know a lot of people have really crazy Mm -hmm. road stories um one time though I was in Seattle uh and I was actually flying to London no I was flying to Scotland to do the Glasgow Comedy Festival, right from Seattle. And I was walking back to where we were staying with the with the other act. And somebody, all of a sudden, I, I heard something. And it was like, boom, I heard something. And I, I didn't know what it was. And I looked down, and someone had thrown a raw egg what? at my abdomen like right on my right at my square on my stomach and um I just um I was just completely shocked and I turned to where the car was it was a moving car that had thrown it. I turned to where the car was and I screamed after them I've been riding, <laughs> so maybe they thought maybe um telling them that I had I've got I've gotten better and um we just we laughed so hard but, but yeah. then what happened was i had to get my pants um dry cleaned mm-hmm. and i told them because i was going to to scotland and i had to wear mm-hmm. these so i told them that you have to you have to dry clean these you cannot launder them they cannot mm-hmm. be put in the wash they mm-hmm. have to be dry cleaned and then what happened was when i got when i got them back they had washed and dried them and so they were like about four inches too short oh so I was I had to go through Glasgow trying to find another pair of black pants mm-hmm.
0: yeah I'm like I recently like I've never had a, an experience before with like a shirt being too small after going to the into like a washer like dryer yeah. dry cleaner and that happened to me recently and I thought like it was the craziest thing ever like I thought I was seeing stuff <laughs> like I knew it happened. I I just like like I've never had that experience before. Never, uh, yeah. So I just well, thought my mind yeah. was playing tricks on me.
1: Well, that's why you can't dry a lot of mm-hmm. things. You have to be really careful, especially if they're cotton. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it was cotton. So what comedians inspired you?
1: Inspire or inspired?
0: Mm-hmm. Inspired.
1: Um, well, like I said, Mike Nichols and Elaine May were my big inspiration um I used to listen to a lot of Bill Cosby albums but he's since not become an inspiration for Mm -hmm. me he's uh, he's lost my lost my uh vote of confidence yeah Uh, Robert Klein he's a big big fan of Robert Mm -hmm. Klein's George Carlin uh Lily Tomlin um Cody Fields, I think that's about it, yeah, I think that's about it, yeah, those those are my early inspirations,
0: yeah, like, I heard that, like, in 2013, Bill Cosby was gonna release a, like, a stand-up comedy special, or he Mm -hmm. thought he was gonna do it, because I saw it on his twitter and i just thought it was like the funniest thing because like he just got out of prison and like he's gonna do a stand-up comedy special and thinking about like how like he always spoke gibberish i was wondering what he would like say in it
1: yeah um well now I somebody told me that he's starting to try to do stand-up again Is, <laughs> have you heard that
0: no but yeah that...
1: i can't imagine how that would go yeah really where are you where are you um taping this from what city can you um, tell me
0: boston oh cool okay great yeah like i like i just like it's hard to believe that he's like doing stand-up again i think the only people that would like let him perform are like people like who don't think he did what he did
1: yes and how many i mean it's so funny because right before i came on this Uh, podcast here with you I was listening to another podcast um with the the guest was um W Kamar Bell and it had to do with um he was promoting this uh this documentary series that he's that is going to start airing on Sunday called we need to talk about Cosby
0: oh yeah and it has to do
1: with everything that happened and I'm I'm really interested in mm-hmm. seeing it I mean I don't know how many episodes it is but I'd like I'd like to see what people are saying about it and, and what and what what the points of view are about yeah. his behavior and whether you know how many people think that he was guilty how many people thought that he was innocent
0: yeah I started to like I watched a doc like a documentary on Sam Kennison, and I know Uh I shouldn't be, but I'm starting to watch, like, the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Oh, really? Yeah, because, like, I just find it, like, so weird, because, like, a lot of times, like, you can, like, because I've had, actually, like, two, like, perverted experiences, like, with, like, like, one was a substitute teacher, another guy was a random guy at the mall. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah.
0: Like, they just, like, so that... So, I just, like, find it sort of, like, interesting, like, a lot of times they're, like, seemingly, like, normal-looking people. I don't know, like, because, yes. like, I would imagine them to look like some sort of, like, different creature or something.
1: right, right. But, but they don't.
0: Yeah, but they don't. Like, I could imagine them, like, you could imagine, like, the way they look, like, you could have a conversation with them because mm-hmm. they look like a normal person.
1: Right, and that's the scariest part. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: That they blend, like, these people blend in. I mean, there are so many people who are so troubled.
0: Yeah. Well, some you can tell, like, like, there's something, like, wrong with their, like... Because one of the perverted experiences I had with the substitute teacher, like, I could tell, like, that there was something off with him the moment I let, like, I talked to him. Like, something, like... It just mm. didn't add up. Like it was yeah. the way he talked, like his voice and stuff mm. like that. Oh
1: my god! Well, I really hope that he got fired. Yeah, he abused. did.
0: Good. So. So, you. I heard you did stand up comedy while wearing protective armor. Can you tell me about that? Wearing protective armor. Yeah. Me? Yeah, I heard that. Really? Yeah, I, I read I it somewhere.
1: Th- I don't remember that. Do you know, do you have any information about this? No, I
0: just I Not read it either. somewhere.
1: Wearing, was it was it like in a I I've never even worked in the Middle East like for the USO or anything. Mm-hmm. So I've never worked in a dangerous area. I don't know.
0: I don't know if it was like a government thing that I was thinking of, but I remember like I remember I was like read it like I think it was like an article or like something else, oh. and I put it down on my questions,
1: oh, I'm sorry, i'm sorry yeah. i can't I can't recall, yeah, I mean that's something I would have think I would think that I would remember, <laughs>
0: yeah so uh yeah, so um, what was it? so I heard that you had Jerry Seinfeld as a mentor. What was that like?
1: Well, yeah, um, he and I met when we both were on the same team tour with israel <laughs> and um we he was he we were boyfriend and girlfriend
0: you and... dated jerry seinfeld
1: yes wow
0: <laughs> that's crazy and
1: twice actually once Jeez. when i was 15 and once when i was 19 and um we used to talk a lot about comedy and i told him That i was going to be a comedian and i told him that i thought he would make a really good comedian Mm -hmm. and um then when i was wanting to start doing comedy and i was really afraid to do it he he mentored me he told me that he thought i would make a terrific comedian and he and he would communicate with me at that at the time i was still living in new york and he was in l.a and we would write letters back and forth to each other, and I would talk to him on the phone. and And um, he helped me through my first baby steps.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's funny because I was the one who told him that he could be a terrific comedian, and yeah. then he was the one who helped me in my when I started.
0: Wow, that's crazy! Like, I assume he was under eighteen when you were fifteen. Yeah, he was sixteen. Yeah. So, how did yeah. like? I just think it's a coincidence that you like knew each other at that age. Like
1: that was very coincidental. And he lived in Massapequa. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: My father owned a bowling alley in Massapequa Park Mm -hmm. right next door. And my father knew his father because his father was in the sign business. Mm -hmm. So they you know, they had you know, businesses that intersected sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there were times when I would stay over at Jerry's house for the weekend, times that he would stay at my house for the weekend. And uh, then we dated again when we were both in college for oh, a short
0: time. crazy. Like, did you yeah. take Second City or anything like that? Like, meet anything like that? Or you just met through, like, the um, intersecting businesses? Oh, Jerry and I? Yeah. When we
1: met, we were on a teen tour to Israel. Oh, yeah. We were just oh, yeah. traveling to Israel.
0: Was that like.? It was completely random. Wow, it's crazy. Because I know, uh, I hear Adam Sandler and Sarah Silverman, like, both grew up in the same New Hampshire town. Oh,
1: really? I yeah. didn't know
0: that. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's so random.
0: Yeah. I had, like, another guy on my podcast who, like, lived one town over from me. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: I mean, you just found
0: that out while you were doing the podcast? Um, yeah, we were talking, and he grew up a little, uh, like, just, like, he actually worked in my town at a pizza oh, place. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, uh... Thank you so very much for being a guest on my podcast.
1: Oh, I'm so glad we yeah. finally got to do it. We had so many yeah. false starts.
0: Yeah, well, usually I've noticed the best podcasts take a while. So yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So, thank well, you. I hope
1: you're feeling well. Yeah. You know, I know that you had one day you were sick and you were mm-hmm. were not feeling well. And then another time you had a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. So I hope and then another time I got mixed up. Yeah. And I thought that it was it was Pacific time but it was Eastern time, yeah. so that was all, that was, that was what happened there.
0: Yeah. So before we go, is there anything like social media or, um, anything you would like to promote?
1: Well, people can find me, um, on Facebook, um, on Instagram, uh, uh, at Kathy Ladman, uh, on, uh, Twitter at Kathy Ladman, on Instagram at Kathy Ladman one, because I messed up the first time and I didn't know how to delete Mm -hmm. my, account so i uh, on instagram i'm kathy Ladman and the number one and that's where they can find me
0: okay great goodbye and have an amazing day